Welcome back, Clone Dance Party. This is Season 4, Episode 1, Collapse of Nature. I'm Liz. I'm Lynette. I'm Janice. And I'm Matt. Yay! Hey, we survived hiatus, and we have a new co-host. Woohoo! Woohoo! So, Matt, welcome to being an official host on Clone Dance Party. Yes. Just, just racking up those podcasting points. Exactly. Can't, can't wait to redeem them. Don't know for what. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who have maybe missed you on previous episodes as a guest host, um, who, who are you? What do you do? Just a guy that watches television shows and talks about them on the Internet. So really, I'm, really, I'm no different from you, listener. <laughs> <laughs> so your other podcast you do is Hooplecast for Deadwood. Yes, I'm the host of a podcast uh, about Deadwood. That's exactly what you just said. I just said it differently. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, you could, we just recorded, actually, we recorded today, and it's always a three-hour process. We go for a long time, and we really get in-depth in each episode. So uh, I'm a little fatigued, but that's going to – every other week, that's it's going to be like that. <laughs> But find us on uh, online at hooplecast.com. We are we are in season three, and there's only three seasons, so we're, we're nearing the end. But we l- would love to pick up some new listeners. It's not too late. All right. And you um, can watch the show on Amazon Prime or HBO now. Yeah. All right. Deadwood, good show. It is happy good to show. be here, though. This is also a good show. Not as good as Deadwood, but pretty good. We're. we're- <laughs> Well, we're slightly less excited to have you know after that, but we're excited <laughs> to have you here. Um, you always give great feedback when you've sent in feedback, and you're always a great guest, so we were very excited that you were able to join us as a regular host. Yeah, how could I say no? Plus, Lynette and I agree a lot, and Janice and Lynette and I tend to agree a lot, and you and I tend to disagree, so it'll be fun to have a different point of view on the show. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, as I said on our, when we did that little uh, introduction episode a, a few weeks back, my objective is never to be a, cr- a contrarian just for the sake of being disagreeable or argumentative. But right. I do like to offer um, maybe a criticism where I feel that it's warranted. So I, I, I had a lot of problems with last season. And I may have some problems with this season and some trepidation about certain story arcs or decisions that they make. But it's uh, I'm, I'm doing this because I do really enjoy the show. So if, I wouldn't be here if I didn't like it. So Right. And I think a lot of us had a lot of problems with uh, last season. Oh, yeah. So and I think that's evident in some of our feedback. <laughs> mm. Um. So, but we'll get to feedback at the end of the show. So, uh, the beginning of the season, this is our premiere for the season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Lynette, where did you say the season, the titles are for each episode come from? Oh, here, hold on a second. I've got it right here. Okay, you go ahead. All the season's titles are taken from or inspired by Donna Haraway's 1991 book, Simeon, Cyborgs, and Women, the Reinvention, of Na- the Reinvention of Nature, specifically from the essay, The Biological Enterprise, Sex, Mind, and Profit from Human Engineering to Sociobiology. 
Wow. Yeah, when you're a smarty pants, you have to put a lot of words in your titles. Yeah. Well, you have to. It's like a rule or something, mm-hmm. right? So, and this is the first season where the titles of each episode come from something written by a woman. Yes. Um, previously, it was Origins, and then yeah. Isaac Newton, and then... Well, actually, it was Francis Bacon. Francis Bacon, Bacon. that's right. And then Dwight, Dwight, Dwight Eisenhower. Dwight Eisenhower. Yes, yes, I was going to say, and then a, a president. Mm. But I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is the first time we, we're seeing it uh, being titled by a piece of literature from a woman, and that's really awesome. Specifically, since the main characters in the show are Tatiana Maslany, um, as a bunch of women, yeah, so. <laughs> and 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 a man, and a man, yeah. So yeah, um, which I miss Tony. I hope he appears at some point. Me too. I was disappointed we didn't have Tony last season. As I said before, I want him just to pop on every season in like just like a random episode. And yeah. it just disappears, kind of like the show's like, yeah, he's still around. Yeah, do some, like, Tony-centric story, part of his story thing, like, you know, one episode of time, just so we know he's there, and he, he's in he's in the plot somewhere. He could Skype in. Right? He could just, yeah. like, check on things. Yeah. He's like, hey, I'm Tony, I'm still here. I, no, I wasn't, a, no, I wasn't a, a dream in a bad episode that no one liked. I was, I'm actually <laughs> a character. Right? Can we? You know, he could be giving them valuable information for whatever he's doing, wherever he is with this. Exactly. I mean, Beth, 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 Beth knew about MK and didn't tell anybody. Uh, yeah. She also knew about Tony and didn't tell anybody. So I think she didn't. She didn't tell them about the other girls that got killed off. Yeah, she didn't tell them about Helsinki, which is where MK comes from. Those are Mm -hmm. in the comics. So I really suggest um, a lot more of MK comes in the comics, uh, especially the first two issues of the Helsinki storyline that they're doing right now. So I highly recommend looking into that um, if you want more background on MK. Oh. Uh, And so this episode is all about Beth. So my question is, is this something they had planned all along? Is this a reaction to fandom? Mm. Um, from from what they said on the after show, okay, um, which I didn't watch. <laughs> there was it was either the after show or the little bits of Inside Orphan Black that happened throughout when you're watching it live. Um, they had or always planned to do Beth's story, um, but they just hadn't figured out where to put it, and they thought it would be a great season opener, and I totally agree. Um. And I'm really glad because the show does stuff backwards sometimes that it wasn't the series finale. Because I really could have seen them having every, almost everything wrapped up and then having like the last episode be Beth's prequel story to answer all the questions. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I'm really glad that they did it at the beginning of a season that's not the last season. Right. So there's still more time for... Um, some more Beth flashbacks because we only got up to Maggie Chan. We know that there's other stuff she does before the train. So um, there's still more of Beth's story to hear. 
there's a lot more because we don't know how she got to the train yet. Mm-hmm. I figured that's how the episode was going to end, with her jumping in front of the train. I thought so, too, and it didn't happen that way. So we're, we're going to get more probably what you think they'll devote a whole uh, episode to Beth again? or I think that we'll see more of Beth's story as we learn more about MK. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, if that's really even MK. Yes. Yes, yes, that's one of the... I think we all thought that, right? Um, I think everybody thought that, but Matt, I've actually been waiting to hear Matt's opinion on this. Thought what? <laughs> okay, I don't think I thought it because I don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, me the, neither. What are you talking about? So at the end of the episode, MK uh-huh. shows up in Art's apartment, and Art says to Sarah on the phone, there's someone here that you need to talk to, and it's MK. Or... Is it? It's Beth pretending to be. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, I was wondering about that. <laughs> oh, Matt, you reacted exactly as I wanted you to. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I've been telling everybody. I'm like, oh, God, Matt is going to be so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> we know how you love that. It's just another, as I said before, it's just another layer of weird and on top of how many, you know, convoluted twists and conspiracies and we we don't need it. And I think it's, it's more dramatic, it's tragic that Beth, oh, so overwhelmed by the news that in her situation that she's a clone, she becomes so completely unmoored by this revelation that the only way she can get out is by killing herself, I think is a sad story. It, and it, I'm not sure I need her to come back. And it, it creates all this these extra questions, like what was she doing? Where was she all this time? What was the purpose? Yeah. It's like we don't really need that when there's so many loose threads we have to tie up now in two seasons. That's my feeling. Well, I, we just, I under, we just, Beth, we just want her back, yeah. that's all. Um, I, I get that. But she was being MK. She was being the behind-the-scenes girl trying to... Because that's who Beth was when she was alive. She was the one getting Kasima to go to school to take care of Katya. Beth was the one who knew about Helsinki. She was the one who knew about everything happening in Europe. And And that's why this... It's brilliant that they had her in sort of a prequel. Like, the whole episode was in a prequel, but it if they kind of bring her back throughout the season as this force that directed all of them in a way. Right. And Mm -hmm. they never really got to know her, but she was the guiding hand for everything and gave them so much, all these clones. She gave them all this information and this direction. And I think that's a great story. If it's just a twist, like she was alive the whole time. It's like, Oh, really? Well, because somebody's still pulling the strings. There's... I would like to have seen her somehow mastermind the situation in which she set up things so that in present day, the decisions she made before she killed herself are having repercussions now that are helping them. Right. That's that's why I was saying earlier that between shooting Maggie Chen and the train, a lot happens. So we still have potentially a lot more we could see of her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, so this whole episode was about Beth. Why don't we start at the top? So our first clone we see this season is MK. With the sheep mask. All right, so anyone, any thoughts on whether the the fact that it's a sheep is important or it's just a mask? It looks pretty creepy. It does look creepy. It's familiar to me, and I don't know why, where where I've seen it before. Well, she tries to get Beth to wear a fox mask. Is that where I've seen it in that fox video? Oh, possibly. But, um... When Beth shows up to her trailer um, after Beth has dug up the body and everything, and they're supposed to meet face-to-face for the first time, there's a fox mask on the door. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I don't know that necessarily the sheep has anything to do with it, though Helena referenced sheeps a lot Yeah. when she was wrapped up with the whole Prolethean thing. Um but I don't think MK is Prolethean. Um, Helena is crazy due to abuse, whereas MK is neurodivergent, if I'm correct. What does that mean? Um, her brain runs differently than neuro... Is it neurotypical, Lynette? I think so, neurotypical. Um so, meaning she could fall somewhere on the autism spectrum, or she could have um, other things that make her brain run differently. So, uh, the kind of blanket term for 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 that now is becoming neurodivergent. So, someone whose brain runs slightly different. Then what do they, you know, quotation, their quotation, their normal brain yeah what that means but yeah it just fires differently it's different right so like we saw an example of that when she was making the powdered iced tea which was the cutest thing ever yeah that was adorable um she knew the exact weight and measurement of both the powdered tea and the water for it to be the optimal flavor and it wasn't just a scoop and then a cup it was down you know it was very very precise because that's that is how her brain works. That's the reason she can be the hacker and be behind everything, because she sees everything in numbers. That's a good way to put it. Whereas Helena was just abused till she was crazy. Um, but yeah, so we see MK finding... Well, seeing the body buried. Yeah, see the body buried. Rather than the illusion, or the guy who wanted the... the um Whatever. You know, the, the people that are burying the body, I don't remember seeing them before. Were they on before? I don't remember no. them. I don't think I yeah. ever saw them. I didn't think so. No, they were um, they were bottom rung in the Aleutian. Part of, what did she uh, call them? Tadpoles? Tadpoles. Are they tadpoles? Well, I think the tadpoles refer to the people who have the worms growing in their cheeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah right. we, need to, we need to talk about that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think in my notes I have, ew, Neelan worms, ew, ew. The um, part is it is like and they're growing in their cheek and they don't even know it. I mean, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so MK, what I find, one of the things that stood out immediately 
was MK calls Beth's main cell phone, not the clone phone. Well, did they have clone phones yet? Yeah, she talked to Christina oh, okay. and Alice. Oh, and it, was the pink, it was pink. Yep. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, um, MK doesn't have a clone phone. MK knows how to get a hold of Beth in a way that the other clones don't. Um, and I thought that was really, really interesting and a little telling about, um, again, Beth being the mastermind behind everything. Yeah. She's the best. You think Beth is the mastermind? I, I would have said MK is the mastermind. I think MK is doing a lot, but Beth is the one who is keeping Kasima and Allison involved. Okay. She's the one who I'm going to assume she's the one who gave them the clone phones. She's the one, she's the go-between between Kasima and Allison, making sure Kasima's schooling is getting set up. She's, she's the one who gave Allison the gun. What's uh, the significance of the stickers? Have we stickers? seen that before? She puts a sticker of like a bear, a cartoon bear or something on the tree. Oh, I, I know. I just, I just assumed that was to let Beth know. I, I thought it was just something for Beth to, to, to or to, to find the spot. Yeah, it was to just a marker. The yeah, yeah. It's just a marker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but Beth didn't find it, did she? She did find it. She she, she pulls it. She pulls it off. Yeah. I guess the question I, is, I'm, wouldn't you have if once you found the area, wouldn't you have pulled it off right away so that no one had a chance to see it? Because by the time she pulls it off, you you can see that there's police tape around the area. Yeah. Well, I think that Beth may have not seen it before because it was dark. Oh, okay. When MK first called. So when she goes back in the light of day with Art and everybody, she notices it and, you know, and grabs it kind of, kind of secret-like. Okay. Um, and another thing that jumped out at me was Beth was joking, um, Beth was joking with everybody. Everybody except for Angie. Oh, my God, Angie was back. Oh, I thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was joking with everybody at the crime scene. Like, everybody seemed to really like Beth. Yeah, uh, the people at the crime scene. Yeah, the, the lower level people. Yeah, and Raj really likes her. Yeah. Which Sarah got that down. Sarah called right. that. She figured that one out right away. Um, and so to see everybody enjoying Beth's presence really added to the confusion and the upset when Sarah tried to step in, um, especially with art. But even the people at the crime scene, the first crime scene Sarah goes to, everyone's like, why are you not joking with us? You know, because Beth was, everyone seemed to like her. And I, I really liked that. I was scared that she was going to be just um, the druggy cop that only Art liked. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of what part of what that when Sarah came on is that I think everybody who around her who likes her has been really worried about Beth anyway, and so they see this real dramatic shift in her behavior. It kind of sets us alarms with them, and they get really concerned. When I'm talking about Sarah impersonating right. Beth, so. That's interesting because I didn't see as many differences between Beth and Sarah as you did. In fact, one of my complaints about this episode is that Beth seems too much like Sarah. 
Mm-hmm. Now, my husband said, you know, well, he needs, she needs to be, because otherwise no one would really buy it. You know, she needs to be someone like it. But, and I guess what I'm talking about is actually not personality so much as like, um, you know, Tatiana not distinguishing her enough. Oh, yeah. Beth and, Beth and, um, um, and Sarah. I just, I also, I also wondered about her wardrobe. I, I had the impression before that Beth was kind of a very, what is the word, strict dresser. And she didn't seem like that with what she was wearing this time. Well, I thought of her as having a more feminine style than Sarah did. Yeah. And, and, and especially, you know, they, they show the scene where she's, she's taken the heels off before she runs in front of the train. And I'm like, where, you know, and, and later on, you see Beth, and she's, like, wearing these clunky boot-type yeah. things. And I'm like, where are the heels? Yeah, that's what, you know, that was, I was going to think she was going to be more have a more tailored look. And right, yes. I, I didn't see that. Which, to huh. me, just adds more fuel, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my early notes is, ugh, Paul. <laughs> yes, Paul. He's uh, even in the credits, too. Yeah, I I wrote ugh, bagel. I'm hoping bagel. that next episode he's not in the credits and they just sort of do like a credit flip where all right, we're going to concentrate more on present day stuff and put Ari's name back in there because I would really yeah. hate for them to have introduced those male clones and then just completely drop that because then that would have really made season three a waste. That's true. I want them to take that take that thread and improve it. Not just reject yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They really need it to improve on that. It has potential. It has potential. And there's only one left now. Well, supposedly only one left, right? Right. Yeah. But we never know how many of them there are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't. I mean, it was it was the army. There could be a whole platoon of them. Yeah. Well, you know, there a lot of the you know the Lita clones keep popping. Yeah, up there's a over. lot of Lita. A lot of Lita going on. But yeah, and one of the big things, they brought back everybody. We got Leaky. We had Olivier and the creepy tail that he was putting yeah. jewelry on. <laughs> oh my god. That was so creepy. Like, we had, what's her name from the club? Oh, uh, the blonde. The blonde. We had Leaky's little uh, shadow Evie, who got all excited and introduced herself to Beth. For, like, no reason. Yeah, um, for, like, no reason. It's a Lita clone. I've never seen one. Right, so I have to touch it. Um, that <laughs> scene with Leaky would have been perfect for some sort of Delphine reference. It would have been. And um, I understand, or from what I understand, um, Evelyn super French name that I can't pronounce um, is on a different show. And that's part of the reason things may have happened the way they did last season. Um, Dylan Bruce is on a show. Um, Leaky is everywhere. Always being a crazy scientist. Um, so I, I feel like they could have brought her back for the one scene. What? Why would they need Delphine in 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 that in a scene in this episode? Because she is one of Leaky's. She was, I think they're gonna. She was Leaky's plant for Cosima. 
it would have made sense for her to be around in that scene, to be around in a Neolution area. So Leaky's doing a huge presentation. She was on his research team. Uh, yeah, but I get the feeling that they purposely avoided anything about Delphine in this episode on purpose, which makes which makes everything worse for uh, personally. Well, yeah, but maybe they're going to shoot you with something later, and they're saving it up. I don't you know. have enough faith in them for that. You don't have enough faith in them, do you? Well, I'm sorry. It's true. It's just, Should we? Get, I just. I hope so. Um, we need. We need answers. We do. Uh, they're they're making it as hard as possible on us, I think. Which, if she if they never reference her again, is going to make everything so much worse. Oh, it will. Like they they need they need they need to reference her. They there needs to be an ending to her storyline that wasn't just shot in the gut and panned off. No, but, I'm saying they're building up to something big for about her. I think they're saving her. I hope so. I hope so. Oh, anyway. I She's another character I felt like last season did a real disservice to. That her, personal, her personality just changed. I, I couldn't understand why she went from being the sweet confidant partner of Cosima to being uh, so cruel and just awful. Uh, controlling? And, yeah. 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 I don't know. She, yeah, they just they like did something weird. A her. villain, like she became almost a villain. Yeah. And then they kind of gave her a redemption at the end, but it's like, why? Why was that even necessary? Like, I don't, I didn't understand it. Like she could have still been who she was, and worked with the clones. Like, um, I understand that this is a drama, and if everybody talked to everybody, everything would be over in five minutes. Blah blah blah. But, like Delphine should know by now, or should have known by then, talk to the clones. <laughs> Keep them in the loop. Don't don't close one of them out to save the rest of them. Keep talking to them. Yeah, I just really feel like they were trying to make her a throwaway character, which really pissed me off. Yeah, which... Because that yeah. happens a lot. Yeah, that happens all the time with characters like Delphine and um, you know, they even, they even redeemed Paul. Yeah. And really, and Paul got such a redemption arc and Paul could have easily been the throwaway. Oh yeah. And that would have been okay. That would have been fine. Never see Paul again. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, they must've gotten a lot of flack because I know a lot of people love Delphine and not many people were really thrilled with Paul. You know, so. And I hate him even more now. I do, because why is he there? And, like, you know, I don't even... I'm not even upset that Delphine is dead. It For me, it was that they trashed her character before they killed her. Yeah. They didn't have to do yeah, that. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing. And... Yeah, the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. When they already had villains in um, James Frame, and, uh, well, they had Beth Frewer. He's dead, though. Michelle... Is it Michelle Forbes? Is that her? Yeah, name? Forbes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I guess she had other acting commitments, so she had to go to a, you know off the show. But they keep introducing these people in positions where you think that they're important, and then it's like, nope, they're not as important as the next person. 
Right. Right. Like, like okay, Shay, can we? Shay could have been the throwaway character. I liked her too, though. Eh. She was okay. Eh. Um. <laughs> but she. She was barely a character to be thrown away. Exactly. Wow. Like they didn't. They didn't have to throw away the established same-sex relationship it, right. in order to bring in a new person for Kasima to have been attracted to. Uh, I don't like her anyway, but that's okay. It, I mean, that character, I don't like her. They could have... Delphine, I like the actress. Right. Delphine could have lived and Shay could have stayed. Or we could have found out, you know, that Shay was twisty and evil or whatever and Shay went away somewhere. Like, it didn't, they didn't have to forfeit a character who actually said, I never thought of myself as bisexual. One of exactly. the only characters to ever say that. And because, as you and I know, this is what happens to our characters. And throw, every and throw away a problematic, but in a human way. Like, a very normal same-sex relationship. For the circumstances. They didn't have to throw away that character and turn Delphine into another dead lesbian trope. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And especially to royally screw over her character in order to make it okay. Yes. Like, just added insult to injury. And there was wasted potential. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... I wanted to see where she could go in the ranks of is it Dyad that's where she was working? And, and Tough Guide and I also kinda get yeah. company names very confused. Well there's like fifteen company names that are dealing with the clones. So I know. S someone make me a flow chart. <laughs> make it very simple. Um yeah, I feel really bad about Delphine. But I don't think we should spend too much more time talking about what last season. True. Um, uh, I mean, it's useful to compare and contrast, but, um, but that's also- I want to talk about um, MK, because I haven't read the comics, but okay. what are her initials stand for? What's and, her- uh, the, first, the first the name is Mika, because uh, Beth calls her Mika at one point. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought I thought she said. And where is she supposed to be from? Um, she is from Scandinavia. Okay. And she found her way to North America. She was... Oh. Okay. So, I quickly scanned the comics before I got back. There was also a character named Vera in the comics. And MK and Vera find each other when they're teenagers. So, like, years ago. Um... At least that's the way I take it, because there was high school drama happening in the background. Um, so MK and Vera get out of Helsinki. Um, Vera gets... I believe it's Vera is the one that gets burned. Um, because we don't... We can see part of... Even though MK covers her half of her face, we can still see enough of it that we would be able to see the burns if, it, if she was the one that was burned. Because it's half of Vera's face. So, um, they get out, and I don't remember the rest. Hmm. You should read the comics. They're really good. Yeah, I may have to do that, yeah. 
Um, but it's but it's like watching an episode in comic book form. So I mean, it's a lot to digest in just the like, you know, twenty pages that a comic book is. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm like, wait, so much happened I don't remember. Um, so yeah, check out the comics, um, listeners, and Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will try. Um. So okay, back back to our current episode, and Paul since the bagel was being ugged about. Um, so Paul gets confused when Sarah Beth, um, attacks him on the kitchen table or on the kitchen counter. When Sarah uses her feminine wiles to distract him and they end up having crazy sex on the counter but we see in this episode, Beth was trying to do that. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. Beth was trying to create intimacy with him, and he was completely pushing her away. Um, so either when he was visiting Cody, he was told, bang her if that's what she wants. Get over it. And so when he comes back, and it's now Sarah instead of Beth, he goes more along with it. But it really adds that level of um, Beth really, really loved him. And he just sucked. Um, and I was actually kind of rooting for him to shoot him in the back of the head, even though yeah, I, I, like, I think we all were. <laughs> I was like, I know this would screw up so much continuity. I kind of would, yeah. But shoot him! Shoot him! Because he was hollow. <laughs> yeah. Well, was he hollow or was he doing what he was told to do? I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not. Um, he could I'm be not, both. Well, okay, it could be <laughs> both. Um, but I think it was both instead of one or the other. Um, so I was trying to make sense of this, too. I didn't get that. And the the only thing that made sense to me, well, I, I didn't think of, like, Co- you know, when he's quote with Cody being told, okay, do whatever she wants. I was thinking he knew he knew immediately that Sarah was different, that it wasn't really Beth, and he was he was in you know for some reason he was just in, into Sarah when he hadn't been into Beth. Into the punk rock home. Yeah. Well, I think he, I think he talked about that, didn't he? Um at some point where he was, he didn't want to sleep with Beth because he felt bad because he didn't love her. And then he felt kind of, he knew that it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't Beth when he had sex with Sarah. Or am I misreading that? He was attracted to Sarah and that was different. And so even though he still thought it was Beth. Well, she brought with her a different energy. Yeah. Yeah, she was she was very different. Um and we had a discussion about this um when when we when we I think it's at the end of season 2, we realized that that Paul has known about clones all the time. And I remember having this discussion about something that happens in the first season when Sarah tells them that they're clones. And I felt really strongly that um I I remember Feeling, you know, he remember he he put something in the bottle 
of you know right, right, alcohol. Yeah. And when she says they're clones, he re- replaces it with a different bottle. He's not going to kill her. And I just remember thinking, wow, you know, this was news to him, but um, you know, but it you know had to be true. It just was so weird. But then we realized he knew about the clones, so I was wondering why he would do that. So if he's known about the clones, he might pick up. If he knows that Sarah's a, that Beth is a clone, he might have picked up very quickly that Sarah was not Beth. I mean, like, right away, just before they had sex, and um, he was willing, you know, there was something different. He loved, you know, loved Sarah right away, didn't love Beth for whatever reason. Right. We did have that talk. Yeah. Because I remember thinking the same thing. I remember the feeling you get is that, oh, Paul wanted to have sex, and Beth didn't, and then along comes Sarah, and she wants to have it, and that's not the way it was. Paul was the one who didn't didn't want to. Right. So Shane just texted me shit. Yeah. I just, I just, I got, I got duck. I am so sorry. <laughs> I so I said it's cool. Just jump on Skype. We'll add you. Yep. Get on. <laughs> Two uh, so. penises. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bifurcated. So I was saying that because that was another thing we had a discussion about. We were talking about, you know, (laughs) if you could do anything, would you add it? Would you add a tail? They were like, no, that's not where we would go. Right. We get the two penises. I'm like, well, is that where you would go? Uh, (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so either. And I'm sorry, but. The only image that came, that came to my mind when I when I heard that was, you know how sometimes you grill hot dogs and they. they uh. <laughs> there, there, there is a guy on the internet who has a bifurcated penis. He was he was born with it, and he has a website devoted to it. Yeah, people get like really confused. He's done um, Reddit Ask Me Anything about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. he's, re- he's really, really open about it. And just because the punny nature of myself, he has a bifurcated penis and he's bisexual. And I just think all is right in the world because of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that just makes me really happy. Hi, Shane. <laughs> welcome. Hello. Hmm. So, welcome. We are talking about bifurcated penises. Oh. <laughs> Good time for you to join us. <laughs> So what is what is your thought on um uh what was his screen name? Base pair eighty six and his bifurcated penis. Because if you're gonna have a bifurcated penis, you have to have a really good Well back to the penis discussion then. So yeah, I love the fact that the guy's screen name was bifurcated penis. Well, you know what you're getting. I mean, or base pair. Like, that was just perfect. <laughs> um, I, I find the, the Neolution um, stuff, like, I, I wrote one, one of my notes is when she went to the club, these these are not my kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> this is not where I want to be. Um, I just don't understand it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. No. Um, but I knew I didn't get it. With uh, Olivier and his tail. His essentially butt penis is, I believe, what I called I, it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, There's no practical purpose for that. It's uh, not, you can't grab anything with it. You feel like that'd be uncomfortable. You know, except for tentacle porn. Ew. Sorry. Is it all? Is it all sexual? Is that all it is? These additional implants? Is it just to, like, now you whether just having one person giving you a blowjob, you can have two because you have two penises. Like, is that why? Like, that's the reason. Uh, well, I don't. Uh, who knows? I, I mean, don't know. But I can tell you that it's not the duality between male and female, um, because that would include other genitalia, not two male genitalia. So I found this article thanks to uh, what was an Orphan Black review that someone posted in the Skype, but then there was a link to what you need to know about getting magnetic finger implants. Uh And one of the first paragraphs, it says, for example, it would be easy to feel large electric fields, like things your microwave or stovetop does. When your hands get near these devices, you can feel the vibrations of the 60 hertz electricity that's powering through it. You'd also be able to tell whether an object is ferrous or not. I don't know if I'm saying that word correctly. Whether it's made from iron or steel or from aluminum or some other material. I've never felt like when I had my hand near a microwave go, I wish I could feel the vibrations of the electricity in this. (laughs) What is the use of any of that? I I don't know. I would think that would be I would think that would be really un- kind of uncomfortable because if you have um, if you have metal metal braces which I did as an adult you 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 start feeling that stuff and I mean it was very low level for metal braces but I can't you know I can't imagine what it would be with a more serious object. You can also perform neat tricks like picking up bottle caps and paper clips. <laughs> Like, look what I can do with my finger. Oh, yay for you, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the body mod. Um, yeah, it's just not, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I say that when I had my belly button pierced three times because I refused to admit that it wasn't going to stay and I have like five tattoos. Um, so I do sort of understand body modification. But, that's so like l- low scale. Like that's yeah. You're not some of these. It's like sur- it's surgery. It is. And I'm thinking of like, of course, I'm thinking of all the people who don't have health care and who would really like to have surgery for things that they need to live and right. function in the world. And you're getting an extra penis. Okay. Yeah, that's so wonderful. Or horns on your head. Well, and you know. does it work? I mean, I'm not a get, like I'm not like I'm saying you're a terrible person or something. It's just I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. Because I've never, I guess I've never needed that to. Maybe you know, twenty years from now it'll be like uh, perfectly acceptable, and well, it's going to be a long more time than twenty years. But I, perhaps in the future, it's sort of like uh, he, you know, he always felt like he was born with two penises, and now he has the surgery where we can have the second one. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but, like, all I was thinking when <laughs> Beth was talking to the pregnant gal, like, you better not be doing anything to yourself when you were pregnant. Well, that's what I kept thinking. It's like, you know, that's not wise when you're pregnant to be doing that stuff. Like, she got that before she was pregnant, right? Like, in my head, that's all I was thinking about. I was like, this pregnant lady better not be screwing that up. Um... 
And then also the way she said they can implant things in places. Then I was concerned. <laughs> I was like, was the baby implanted? Yeah, exactly. Which, if the baby was implanted, you know, IVF is great. I have some friends who recently had IVF baby, and I'm all for it. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, but the way she said it, I was like, did you get did you get implanted? Is it going to be human? Because it's the illusion. What's it gonna? Is it gonna come out with a tail? Are you having a baby, Olivier? And maybe she's just having a clone baby. Oh, good lord! But we know that only the Litas were viable up until uh, Marilyn's daughter, and she came out with a bone disorder. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. Hi, Shane. Hello. Oh, better. Better. Brilliant. You're not in a fishbowl and you don't sound quiet. Yes. Shane, if you had a second penis, what would you do with it? (laughs) (laughs) What wouldn't I? (laughs) (laughs) Well, threesomes would be much more interesting. That's true. I just, I don't know if the mechanics would work out. I just, I don't know. But what well, do I know? Because he had a bifurcated penis, which that's more times than I ever thought I would say bifurcated penis in a day. <laughs> <laughs> but did both of them, was it functioning? Well, that one fellow who has that website is both functioning. Well, but yeah, he was born with it. That's, that's true. not Maybelline. He was born with it. Uh, this one. Oh, for fuck's sake! It, it is one for urine, for urination, and the other ejaculation. They both do. Oh, they both do. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you should really read his. Um, no. No, it's actually no. So scientifically, Matt, it's very, very interesting. Oh, I'm sure it's fascinating. Welcome to Science Corner Clone Dance Party. It's your host, Liz. <laughs> I could hear your eyes rolling from here. (laughs) So what? uh, Let's get. Why do you think that they put worms in people's cheeks? To be creepy and spit them at people? I don't know. I have to get any. What are these worms anyway? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, what was the worm in in that doctor? In in Doctor Neeland. That's, yeah. It's the same worm, except he yeah. let his grow and, like, fostered his, because he is creepy as hell. But did it, does it have a function at all, or is it just to be creepy? I, it probably eats brain matter. Oh. Like, it's a, it's a, like, it goes, like, because he was trying to spit it into Delphine's mouth. Yeah, it was so gross. So, like, he bit his cheek so it would come out. Because he was bloody, or Delphine punched him and it came, whatever. So he was trying to spit it into Delphine's mouth, and then so it's gonna like do weird shit to her. <laughs> um, like Is it mind control worm, or what? yeah, like crawl under her soft palate and then like eat through her brain tissue, or lay eggs in her ear, and then she can he- understand languages. I don't know. Um, that's what happens when you read Hitchhiker's Guide. Well, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry. 
Same thing happened in, in Farscape. They had like little microbes oh, yeah. that they implanted in, in people, and then once you had them in you, you could understand any language. Yeah. Which is a really, which is a really, uh, I have to say, ingenious way for sci-fi to get for sci-fi stuff to get around aliens. Like, oh, I have this bug who can translate for you. Um, I just have an app on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> if only it was. If only I had a worm inside me. <laughs> yeah, if only. If only I had a worm going to my ear and play with my brain's chemistry. It also reminded me of Star Trek and the race called Trills, where they have these slugs inside of them, and basically this they would uh, the slug the host was like a well the, the slug was inside the host, but the slug was like absorbed memories, and then when the host died in the you know the regular corporeal body, they would take the slug out of the body one body and put it into the next one, and that's how the next host would retain the memories. From the previous hosts, right. so sort of a living memory idea, and I'm like wondering if maybe that, maybe this could be something like like that. Sounds like gold to me, symbiotes or whatever. Right. I've been watching way too much Star Stargate SG One. Um, Shane. Yeah. You've read the comics, right? Yes. MK's in the comics, right? Because now I feel like yes. I'm so crazy. Okay, do you remember her storyline at all? Because pregnant and shit falls out of my brain. Um, <laughs> she's she's from Helsinki with Vera, right? Yes. Okay. Ha, I'm not crazy. Go me. Because um, I couldn't remember. I was trying to explain it to Matt, and I couldn't remember everything. Because Vera's the one with the burns, right? Uh... Think so. To be honest with you, it's been a while since, since I've actually read the comics. So you're killing me, Shane. Sorry. Okay, I forgive you. Um. Okay, so we've covered Paul. How did you feel about seeing Paul again? I I loved it actually. Why? Why? Yeah. Justify. Justify that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because his death in episode, episode... It was episode six, wasn't it? Of season three. Sure. It seems, it seems so... I'm dead? <laughs> well, I'm assuming he's dead. We, don't, we never see a body. Oh, don't do that to me. Don't. Don't take away my hope that Paul is dead. <laughs> okay. But wait, wait. If if the logic is we don't see the body, therefore the person's still alive, and you fail, and you don't apply that to Paul, then how can you apply it to Beth? Um, well, Beth magic. Is, well, Beth is alive. <laughs> then Paul's alive. <laughs> That's fine. And then so, we can kill yeah. him again. Then everyone's alive. Then Delphine's alive. Okay. Well, I'm 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 gonna go I'm gonna go back to. Paul in a second, but Beth is definitely alive. I am more, com- more convinced of that than ever. Please, pray tell us why you think that Beth is still alive, Shane. Well, uh, uh, there's a line in there which I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. 
where MK says, the only reason why I'm still alive is because I think I'm dead. And the yes. fact... Yeah. And, and in the fact, in this very episode, we never actually... We saw the flashback, but we never actually saw... Um, um, Beth actually jumping in in front of the training in this episode. Matt, is your head still on? And 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 the very fact. Go ahead. Sorry, 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 Matt. Let me me finish. Uh, And the the very fact is, from the moment we don't know how much time's passed since the last scene in this episode of Beth and the first scene in the first episode. Right. What's the, what's the time, what, what's the gap? Anybody know? We don't know. And there's still a lot that has to happen. But <coughs> she has to show Allison how to use the gun. Yeah. She does all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Matt is very much against us, Shane. Um, he thinks Beth is very much dead. Okay. Then he's wrong. Then he's wrong. I, I don't think that's what I said. <laughs> I don't think I made a prediction whether or not she's alive or dead. You have, you, have, that you have previously. Okay, well, I just want her to be dead. For storytelling <laughs> purposes, I think it makes the most sense. I don't, want her to, I don't want her to be alive, but I don't know if I I've really decided. Because the unpredictable nature of the show, I think, prevents me from forming a, a, an opinion whether she's actually alive or dead. I just I have my opinion that I want her to be dead. You've, you've said before on, on episodes that you've guest hosted, you've been fed up with me and Katrin. That that's, could be. That's, that's not dead. So I've been I've been excited for like three days now. This is the best of both worlds. You get to see her, but she doesn't have to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> present day. It's a good compromise. Don't ruin it. Don't break the truth. <laughs> anyway, going back, anyway, going back to the, your original question. Which was uh, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. His his death in episode six seems such a waste. No. That I, <laughs> that I was actually um, pleased to see him. Uh, okay. Sure. Somebody has to like Paul. It's just like somebody has to want Beth dead. It's it's all part of the thing, right? Sure. Um, yeah. No, I think I remember being so irritated with Paul's last line of, it was never Beth that I loved. Like, oh my god, that made me want to vomit. I know it. Again, it's death seems such a waste. No. No. I really loved art this episode. Yes. I adored art. Thank you. Let's talk about art. I want to say that normally I find him very sullen, but in this episode it gave me a new perspective on his character and that he's not so much sullen and disagreeable as he is sad. Yes. Mm. I totally agree with that. And I've actually always been kind of a fan of art. Uh, but I, I loved seeing art in this episode um, and seeing art and Beth together. And I could hear Nutty's joyous ex- exclamations um, as soon as uh, Nettie's prediction of Beth and Art sleeping together came to fruition. Yeah, it does make me, it does make me, you know, because I was really irritated with Art for being such a, you know, cranky, 
cranky guy all the time, and now it really all makes sense that he's been grieving. Yeah. You know? And he had just, what, he had just gotten divorced, so he was going through that trauma, too. So, yeah, he's a sad guy. Yeah, he, he sleeps with Beth, we see once, and then some indeterminate amount of time happens before Beth disappears. Right. And then Sarah shows up, and Sarah is giving him the cold shoulder because she doesn't know this. Right. And he's like, what? you're going back to Paul, but we have the thing, and with the thing, and and she's yeah. like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And yeah, so, was... yeah, um, his his confusion and sullenness is, is very much explained, and I really enjoyed that. And I just like art. I like it more now. I was, I thought before they were just interjecting a character to move from one, you know, one scene to another, but now he's actually developed. Now that he has more of a backstory, he's more developed. Yeah. 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 Much happier. Formerly, he felt like he served a plot purpose, and then they kept yeah. him around when it's because they didn't want to let the actor go, which I, you know, I kind of understand. You know, he becomes like a member of your family, and you like the person, you want to keep him employed. So they came up with stories where he just kind of like skulked around the the farmhouse in season two, I think it was, or, right? Yeah, or season three, and uh, like, what well, what was his point? Like, where's his usefulness? And at least in this backstory here, we could see that he was just a kind, caring person. And then right. de- when Beth died, it affected him very deeply. And now I feel just really bad for the guy. And I want, I, I hope that they find a good use for him in present day this season. I do. I'm with you on that because I really like him now. I mean, I just I think he can bring a lot to the show. Yeah, he was he was fantastic, and and showing the dynamics of their relationship, um, and showing Beth's drug use. Let's Excellent. let's jump to that because we knew she was taking pills. We knew she had a lot of prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not prepared for the heroin kit. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that was heroin she was doing. No, it, it wasn't. She wasn't snorting the heroin. She was snorting. I'm gonna say some sort of Valium. I'm I'm thinking it was probably prescription pain med. Um, but her kit was a heroin kit. It had the it had the dark spoon. It had the lighter. It had it had all the stuff for heavier. It had the little. It had the little plunger mm-hmm. and stuff. Okay. Not that I know anything about that. Um, you were a nurse I'm sure you know lots of things I do I do I do know all about that stuff Um, yeah that I wasn't prepared for the the snorting it three seconds after we see her Uh, it was disturbing to me but I think it's very important because I don't think that we address addiction correctly because we always make it into this very weak bad or bad person who's doing this and here we see this very strong uh, person right who is who is dealing with this addiction and has had all this past trauma and it seemed it was very believable and i think it's very important we do understand it take 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 the vilifying off of, of drug addiction and put it back more into uh, into how do we treat it absolutely, you know? absolutely i agree with that um but also i think that it really shows um how much of Beth's character we may not have understood. Right. Because I think everybody pictured her doing an Allison, popping it and drinking. Right. 
Um, I don't think, at least personally, I didn't picture her in the bathroom crushing it up with the back of a spoon. Or she had it right there, right on the table with Paul yeah, there. Yeah, like waiting for, is, waiting well, for well, Paul to come in. Yeah, that is a total drug addict move. Yeah, that is a, very much an, uh, an addict move. Yeah, um, you know, it's just like, you know, you catch me. I mean, you, know, you just get to that point, you just don't even. Yeah, so I think it was really important to show um, that the drugs, that everybody making a big deal about the drugs in season one to Sarah there was a reason that they were making a big deal um, because it wasn't just popping pills. Right. It was serious. It was very serious. Yeah. Well, popping pills are serious too. But... No, absolutely. Um, but crushing them and snorting them is a whole different level. Yeah. And then if you're going to shoot up, I mean, that's even an uh, even deeper level. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that, that made me uncomfortable in the way that only good storytelling and writing can. It didn't make me uncomfortable. I mean, it made me uncomfortable to see it, but the writing around it was done well enough that it made me feel for Beth. It was realistic and it was kind and it was yeah. uh, empathetic. It wasn't, it, I don't think it was, I don't feel like it was a sensationalized thing at all, which Not I think. I've seen that happen too. Right. I was really pulled into it. I was really feeling it. And it's uh I just wanted to hug her. <laughs> yeah. So Allison just leaves the bottle of white wine out instead of putting it in the fridge where it would stay cold. Charney, that okay is at like temperature. Awesome. I would keep it in the fridge. Cuz your your glass of wine's going to get warm quickly enough. Yeah, but Chardonnay's fine at room temperature. It doesn't always have to be cold. And well, it doesn't have and depending on the brand, depending on the brand, a Chardonnay can taste better at room temperature. Was it Chardonnay? Yeah. I'm not a wine drinker. Don't, don't look at me. <laughs> now, if it was like a Sauv Blanc or a Pinot, we'd have some serious issues. I don't know. I don't drink wine, so I know white and I, I don't normally red. keep my. I don't normally drink white wine, but I would keep mine in the fridge. Keep the bottle in the fridge. Like it cold, crisp. Uh, it's why I don't like Chardonnay. It's too heavy of a white for me. Yeah, I don't like... Chardonnay would be my least favorite. Unless it's not really the oaky, buttery Chardonnay, but more of a citrusy. Yeah, it would have to be the right Chardonnay. But I would just rather <laughs> drink a Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> so, other than the fact that I enjoy wine, I also worked at the Olive Garden for three years, and they make you learn your shit. There's a test. You have to know all 80 wines that they carry. You have to be able to spell them, and describe them, and the best way to serve them, and pairings. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not just a wino. You're an educated wino. I'm an educated wino. <laughs> um, plus, my in-laws spend a lot of time at vineyards, so I go wine tasting a lot, which is easy living in California. There's like, go two miles and you run into one. Uh, but not right now. Cause I, I'm behaving, Mom. Okay. Yes, Shane? I was going to say, uh, this episode made me miss Canada. Yes, 
Oh, yeah, because you were in Canada recently, and you got to hang out at these places, huh? Yeah, I did, and I was standing right outside the police station. At the police station, and you were also in um, Phoenix. Uh, yeah. Alley. Yeah. Wasn't there somewhere else? Did you guys go to Allison's? No, just uh, just Phoenix's and the police station. Okay. Yeah, we did. We, yeah, we, yeah, we hung around the police station for a while to try to find Beth, but we couldn't find her. So, uh, yeah, but we found Crystal's car, though. I just see that. Oh, yeah, that was the thing you did. You guys saw Crystal's car. Yeah. And it, and it just made me miss Canada. So you had a really good trip then, huh? Yes, I did. Awesome, awesome. And if anybody can't tell, of course, and have never listened before, it's, Shane is actually in England, from England. Yes, I am. Well, hopefully you can tell by my accent. And, well, and where are you from? Oh, you have an accent? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> what part of England are you in, Shane? Uh, I'm... South England. South England? Okay. I'm, I'm near Bristol, if anybody knows Bristol. that. Yeah. I have no clue, but I just, I ask people anyway, because Bristol is by the east, by the ocean, by the sea, by the ocean. <laughs> right? Uh, it's by the sea, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bristol is um across the bayish part from... um. Cardiff. Yeah. Cardiff, ah. I have a friend who lives in Bristol. I want to go to Cardiff someday. Me too. Um, so, you have... So, where along the line we... MK tells Beth, um, I've tracked two people, one in, one is your boyfriend, one is in the police department, it could be your partner, and... She immediately, no, no, it's not art. And then we find out that it's the union cop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... Isn't he like the... Uh, oh, he's the union cop? I thought he was a psychiatrist, too. I wasn't sure. No, he's the union guy. Union cop. Uh, he's, the, is... he's the male union cop. Um, there have to be one of each gender um, for... Exactly the reason we saw Beth do the uh, the piss test. Yeah. Um, and so a man couldn't go into the women's restroom and listen to yeah. her pee, or you know, pour Gemma's pee into a bottle. She didn't even try and hide it. She just poured it into the bottle. I know, and you know, you know, they're, they're listening. And they can tell the difference between you know pouring into the bottle and like you have to pour a little bit so it splashes. Yeah. <laughs> you mean leave some on the toilet seat? Yeah, that would be helpful. I may have worked at a lab that did testing. And that lab was also known as the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> no, but a lot of my coworkers had a goat in their mind. It's a it's a plot. It's a government plot, and it's all in the at the Olive Garden. When I worked there, I felt like that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so now we know that Chin's death was probably an accident for reals. Yeah, a hundred percent an accident. 
Um, and actually, when she goes into that alley, I was like, Maggie Chan was shot in an alley. <gasps> She's going to shoot Maggie Chan. Well, what does Maggie Chan have to do with this? So I was waiting for her to see Maggie and confront her. Right, but... But no, Maggie just... Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Yeah, she was just like... It was out of the blue, so... So... Even though Maggie was part of that whole deal, it had nothing to do with her getting shot. Yeah. It was just a crazy random happenstance that Beth happened to shoot a Prolethean right there. Yeah. yeah. So now she's killed somebody, somebody she thinks is innocent. Um, she's almost shot her, her, her boyfriend, and is that knows that that's all over with. And she's very much hyped on drugs, because she was drugging it up about every two hours, it seemed like. Yeah, she was pretty regular on her schedule. So she's about everything pulled out from under she possibly could. So they're setting it up for the, you know, why she killed herself. Hmm. Shane, when you were in Canada, did you and Nutty reenact the Maggie Chen shooting? (laughs) (laughs) I'm afraid we didn't. Okay. So what scenes did you reenact? He reenact, they reenacted Felix's performance art. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which one of you was Felix? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, speaking of Felix, Felix yeah. was at the police station. Yeah. And there was a there was a near miss there. Yeah. I don't think it was a near miss. I think Beth saw him. Mm. Do you think? Sorry to interrupt, to apologize, but um, I've seen people online not liking that particular scene. Because what? uh, Because of what Felix is accused of? No, 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 it's more the fact that uh, it's forcing Felix into the episode. That would, I had the same reaction. I didn't need, I didn't didn't need him in here. It felt like a wink. Like, uh, try too hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how, how, yeah. yeah, however, in season one, episode ten, it is, we are told about it. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, but I think, for me, that sets up Beth, because she has to know about Sarah. I mean, she yeah, she knows about MK, she knows about Tony. There's no way she doesn't know about Sarah. Why so, not? Why? Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, like, Sarah was off the grid. I mean. No, she wasn't. She was, Neil a, Le- the Neil she was a card didn't... artist and a drug seller. No, 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 no. The Neolutions didn't know about her. Yeah, the Neolutions also couldn't run face recognition. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, they how, keep that's, changing their faces. That's how Beth found Cosima and Allison. Sarah had a rap sheet. There was no way she ran face recognition and Sarah didn't come up. Well, then how come the Neolucinists didn't know about her? Yeah, did they Sarah def- have a driver's license? She had a rap sheet. Well, that's true. Uh, the Neolucinists knew about her. They just didn't know where she was. They didn't know about Helena. Hmm, I thought they didn't know about Sarah either. No, I think they knew about Sarah. They just didn't know where she was. Hmm. Because um, Leaky wasn't surprised by her at all. Wasn't surprised that she existed. He was surprised that they finally found her. 
He had been looking for her. Um, Helena was the surprise. They didn't know about Helena because Helena went to the church. But Sarah's been in the government. She was a foster kid. She's been through the system her whole life. Um, it would have been extremely easy for Beth to find her. And Neolution knew that she existed. They just didn't know where the hell she was. Because she was... Yeah, well, they, they they certainly would have the resources to do something as simple as facial recognition. I mean, that that it just doesn't make sense that they wouldn't know. I mean, they have all these resources. They have more resources at their disposal than, than you know, a lowly police detect, detective. If, you know, I, I'm just saying I think this this is a problem with the writing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering what was the purpose of the whole thing, because, you know, I'm trying to remember if, you know, Beth actually looked at Felix and actually, you know, reacted even in a small way. Or if it was just like they were doing two ships passing in the night thing. I mean, I don't know what the point was. Well, I know that if Felix had saw Beth, he would have reacted. Absolutely, and he did not see her. He did not see her, but I think she noticed him. Um, And I think, for me, that indicates that she knew that Sarah had backup somewhere. That if she needed to get to Sarah, Felix would have been the way. Okay. That's right. I don't know. I feel I feel really confu- a little confused by this this one. Um, I mean, I know they're always confusing, but I don't feel as confident that it, things are going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I don't know what to say. Well, since I, this whole episode was a flashback, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to see where they're going to take this new season. Because mm-hmm. um, all we got of of new information or current information is um, Sarah is still with Kira in the snow and MK shows up to Arts and says Neolution knows where you are they're coming to get you and Kendall so I'm going to assume that Mrs. S is there Mm -hmm. and Mrs. S's mom is there um, so they're they're on their way to find the original to cure the boys of their crazy and the girls of their um, breeding problems or to start over. Mm-hmm. Let's help Sinky everywhere. Um, not just these clones, but let's get rid of all the clones and start from scratch. Because huh. they know that they can make clones from Kendall. Because they've made a ton. But yeah, we don't know what's going to happen in this season. Um, we don't, we don't. Well, I, I, I do really appreciate they gave us a lot of the back, uh, some good backstory on death. I just... Oh, I totally agree. So what do you think? Are they going to give us more? Or is this it? Well, I hope I think so. Just, hmm. I think there will be more. It may not be every week. It might be. It may even be not until the se- the season finale, like a bookended kind of thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that if they keep having MK interacting, I think we might feed off of some of her stuff with them. Yeah, sporadically, you know, like flashbacking. But yeah, or even if we just get it through MK's story, it's not a full flashback. 
there's a risk of Beth Beth's story becoming too much exposition and repeating things that we already know. And we also want our characters that we've come to know in the present day to find information themselves through their own actions rather than exactly. just they stay they stay clueless while we learn all the all the facts because we get to watch the backstory. Well, we want our characters to learn things. Yeah, we want them to discover. Yeah, you're right. Good I point. I, yeah. And of course we saw Angie again this episode. Who? Angie. Yeah, I know. Angie, I, yeah. I already yeah. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like her. Um Yeah, and actually like I startled my husband watched the first uh, episode with me. And <laughs> Angie comes on the screen and I started yelling and he was like, What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Angie. Oh, she's just, oh. Because, yeah, my husband's seen everything, but he doesn't uh, watch with the intent of taking notes, and he doesn't spend uh, two hours once a week talking about it. So his brain drops storylines and my hatred of some characters. So it was pretty funny to watch him get kind of startled because I started screaming that Angie was back. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's just oh, it's just a flashback. She's not back. She better not fucking do that. Okay. Her name is Angela DeAngelis. I know, that's mean. <laughs> I feel like that's mean. I really love that actress, though. Yeah, I don't know if I dislike the actress or if I dislike the character. I dislike the character. I like the actress. I've seen her in other stuff. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but I don't. I don't know that I've seen her in stuff. Um, but if I do see her in something, I'll let you know. Forever marred now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything that we missed? Any big talking points we want to cover? Uh, not on the episode, but I do have a talking point to, to add. Go ahead. Um, it's to do with the fact that it now airs on Netflix here in the UK. Oh. Yeah, so... So, basically, to put all the entire story into a, the smallest amount I, I can possibly do, uh, the, BBC, the UK BBC lost the rights. Okay. Because the channel that Orphan Black add on doesn't exist anymore. Oh. Is that the one that became digital only, or online yeah. only? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. B- BFC three doesn't exist anymore. Okay. So and the BBC, some, some bizarre, for some odd reason, they've had the, B- the UK BBC had to buy the rights from BBC Worldwide, who own BBC America. Ah. But they never decided. They never decided, They they lost. They didn't bother buying the rights this time round. So Netflix here in the UK decided to buy the rights. Okay. So now we get it on a six-hour delay. Oh, that's great! Oh. A six-hour delay from um, airtime. From, 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 yeah, from, from uh, Eastern, from Eastern airtime. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Nice. It, well, I when I checked it for I've checked uh, UK. I checked my Netflix on my mobile phone at half nine on Friday morning. It was up. Okay. So yes. Oh, awesome. 
Um, all right, so I think we've exhausted bifurcated penises enough. <laughs> hey, so, quotes? Do we, yeah, let's do quotes. Who wants to go first? Is Shane the guest, does he go first? Shane the guest can absolutely go first. I don't have one easily available, but you, uh, I will come back to you. Matt? I only have one. Christ, this is my life now. <laughs> Janice? Okay, this is the, the guy who's dressing um, Olivier. They're riding nicely on your hips, too. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> oh, that is so creepy. <laughs> um, Lynette? Uh, I'll go with the obvious one, and this is the... Uh, Medical examiner, they're over the body. Okay, well, that's cheeky, cause of death. I have to go with exploding cigars. Very good. Um, mine is, did you hear one about the one about a lesbian in a U-Haul? The <laughs> uh, dog apparently did. <laughs> I'm glad they liked my pick. Uh, Shane? Uh, that, was, that was actually the one I was going to use. Yes! So you, <laughs> you beat me to it. Totally. I was going to use the I was going to use the one um, uh, with Felix in the police station. Oh yeah. But I can't seem to find that one. So I oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking to have my breath surgically modified into like corkscrews. <laughs> which yeah, corkscrews. Yeah. Awesome cover, Beth. Um, so, Shane, who was your favorite clone? MK. Who was your not clone favorite? Unclone un- favorite. Oh, uh, uh, art, I have to say. All right. Uh, Janice? Uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Allison as my favorite clone. She, she was... Well, every, everyone but Beth was just a small bit, but I liked Allison. She was usual Allison. Non-clone, I'm going to go with Art as well. Okay. Um, Lynette? Favorite clone was Beth, and because I, she just, uh, she really got my sympathy. I really, I really cared about it this time. <laughs> and my favorite non-clone was Art. All right. Yeah, I have to say my favorite non-clone was Art. Um, he was just so good. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then my favorite clone, obviously, is Beth, because Beth's not dead. Um, hashtag Beth's not dead, 2K16. <laughs> um, so, Matt, who's your favorite clone and not, and not clone? Hmm. Well, favorite clone, I surprised myself, but I will have to say Alice, no, Beth. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and your favorite non-clone? Um, non-clone... Mm, I'm tempted to say, because no one's mentioned him yet, Ramon. Mm. Oh, yeah! <laughs> the horny little bastard. Because yeah. he's great. I like Ramon. But, uh, no, Art. Obviously, it's Beth and Art. It is Beth and Art. It was the Beth and Art show. It was. <gasps> I liked it. Um, it was a good one. <laughs> all right, so, Shane, what is your rating? Um, ooh. Should I go? No, I won't. Uh, I I did like this episode. Um, 
after watching the four-minute teaser that went up a few weeks ago, I was... On first watch, I was slightly disappointed that it was an entire flashback episode. But that was on first watch. When I rewatched it, I actually loved this episode, so I'm going to I'm gonna have to give it a nine and a half out of ten um, being shot in an alley. Alright. Sounds good. Um, Janice? Okay, I like this episode a lot, too. I thought it was a great way to um, open the season. Um, it provided a lot of backstory. There are a couple of little things I didn't like. I, I didn't think there was enough of a Beth-Sarah distinction. I didn't think there was enough of an MK-Helena distinction, too. Um, and there were a couple of little, little things I noticed with continuity. So it's not getting a 10. It's getting a 9 out of 10. Um, artfully crafted thank you notes from Allison. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very nice. Um, Lynette? Um, I'm kind of on the same line. Um, I really, really, really liked it. I really love hearing see more of our best and what happened there and what Beth was going through. Uh, just, it just something just kind of didn't make it perfect for me. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 wormholes. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Um, Matt? Mm. Well, when this episode started, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not because I, you know, I've been on break from this show. I wanted to get back into the characters that we know and love and watch their story go forward. I didn't really want to go backward, but it turns out that Beth, Beth's story was more tragic and interesting than I had originally given the show credit for, and I liked that they made me see art in a different light. So yeah. uh, I think overall it was uh, pretty solid stuff. So I'll give it nine and a half out of ten warm bottles of Chardonnay. <laughs> Very good. Um, I was really happy with this episode. Um, I really liked getting the Beth backstory. Uh, I did have some problems with it. Um, but overall, I think it was a really uh, interesting way. It showed that the writing, that they are capable of writing how they did in the first and second season. And that not everything was going to be a mess like the third season. Uh, yeah. Um, and so that really made me happy. Um, so I give it 9 out of 10 Powdered iced teas. Perfectly <laughs> um, measured. Perfectly measured. Janice. Feedback. Feedback. Okay. Here we go. Damn it, Orphan Black. I was ready to drop you and walk away after that catastrophe that was season three. But just when I'm ready to quit, you come back swinging with the one thing I've wanted from day one. Beth Child's backstory. Since the first scene of the show, I've wanted to know more about Beth. I've thought, theorized, and annoyed all of my friends with my endless thoughts and theories about her. And now here she is, the real thing, and I just want to learn as much as I can. I thought this episode was the best one I'd seen in quite a while, and Orphan Black is starting to feel like the show that I loved again. I'm still unsure if I'll watch the rest of the season, but this episode certainly made my continuing to watch much more likely. 
Sincerely, Katrin Mills. P.S. I'm pretty sure that MK was the one who jumped and Beth took over her life. Hashtag Beth's Not Dead 2016. <laughs> Thank you, Katrin. And I will say that Katrin and I actually did spend like an entire day going over Beth is MK theories. <laughs> <laughs> and like every other line I included, oh God, that's going to be so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from Harold. Hey, clone dancers, welcome back. In the past, we have discussed our disappointment that the show doesn't like flashbacks which made us sad because we wanted Beth's backstory. So, yay. Thanks for listening, John and Graham. It was great to go back to our season one characters, sets, and even Beth's beautiful car before it got all shot up and bloody. The character I've missed the most was Raj. Hopefully there will be more flashbacks. (laughs) Elizabeth and Katrin's theory that Beth is still alive (laughs) and is guiding the action from her hiding place turned out to be partially right if you substitute MK for Beth. This episode only convinced me more that Beth is dead. You can see what a stressed-out, pill-popping mess she had become, full of guilt for killing a civilian, and you can see why she chose to take her life. I was surprised that she shot Maggie Chen by accident. I had assumed that it was intentional and that she had lied to Art as a cover-up. If Beth had been so intimate with Art, why didn't he figure out Sarah's impersonation sooner? Run, Sarah, run! That ending felt like something from season one, too. I give this eight out of ten bifurcated dicks. <laughs> Thank you, Harold. And then this is from Heidi. So how hey many guys. dicks is that? Eight out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Is that twenty or someone do the math? Sixteen. Sixteen. Is it eight? Yeah, eight. Eight out of twenty. Or is it, um, yeah, 16 out of 20? (laughs) What are we? All right. Hey, guys, I haven't been able to write in forever because you passed me up in the watching. I've tried to keep up with season three when it aired, but got too far behind and couldn't get it streaming anywhere. So I got the season three DVDs at Christmas and watched the whole season in a couple of days. The only reason I'm able to watch an email about this first episode in time is because I tweaked my back and I'm on painkillers and resting. <laughs> Too many people on pills. That's, that's my comment. So anything I may say, don't hold it against me. Now, on to the episode. This was a very interesting concept for the season premiere. It's not really a flashback, but we're seeing what happened before. I guess it's a prequel. Felix came so close to seeing Beth at the station That would have freaked him out. It was great to see what happened to Beth and lead her to jumping in front of that train. And who is this MK person? She seems a little crazy, but not as crazy as Helena. No one can be as crazy as Helena. Anyway, I'm intrigued and excited for this new season. I will try to keep up and send feedback throughout. Until next time, Heidi. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Heidi. And then, this is from Nutty. I knew it. I said in season one that Art and Beth were sleeping together. I was right. Now to find out if Beth is still alive. I like MK. She's cool. Love that we finally saw what happened with Maggie Chen. It really was an accident. She was likely going there for Beth, though. This was a very satisfying episode. Thank you, Nutty. Yay. 
Thank you to everybody who sent in feedback. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, feedbackers. And um, I am just so happy that we're adults who can discuss bifurcated penises. <laughs> right. Well, I wouldn't want children discussing that. With, so. with, uh, without cracking up. Sorry, I, I cracked up. No, I know. So did I. <laughs> I've been laughing, like, the whole time. <laughs> I think it's amazing that <clears throat> I'm sorry. I think it's amazing that instead of us all talking about whether or not Delphine is really dead, we talk. We've been talking about Beth. So that's really like they kind of threw us off off kilter, didn't they? They really did. Yeah. But there's always next episode. That's right. Um, so thank you everybody for watching and for watching uh, Orphan Black and for listening to us and for sending in feedback. Shane, um, glad to have you. I'm glad to be here. Sorry, I um, I decided to, I uh, had a nap. And I, I knew thought, it. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. I told the net the one time he's gonna fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Shane, tell us tell us who you are and where we can find you and what podcasts you do, my friend. Um, I am Shane. I, I run a prisoner podcast uh, discussing. Uh, the 1960 show The Prisoner and all the machinations from that so we have covered the original series the god awful AMC remake um, just covered the audio um, books from Big Finish uh, also I do a podcast on Red Dwarf season 11 and 12 yay um, that's coming out at the end of the, the we're going to be restarting that at the end of the year I also I also do a podcast on uh, the Canadian sci-fi show Lex. We're halfway through the second season of that at the moment. Um, what else is that? Yeah, I'm also about to start another podcast about the 1960 television show The Time Tunnel. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh, what else is, else is there? And uh, I recently appeared. On CHSR's 93.7 Epic, which you can download, which just went up last night. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, what's the name of your podcast? Uh, You've got the Red Wolf Wolf Introcast. Okay. You've got the Prisoner Introcast. What's it called? In the Village. Yeah, thank you. In the Village, a Prisoner Introcast. You've got uh, you've got Lexicon, which is the Lex uh, podcast, and that is it for the moment. We haven't we haven't got a name for the Time Tunnel show as of yet. We've, um, we haven't started that one yet. Okay. In the tunnel. Yes, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> and then Matt, our wonderful new full time guest host or full time guest host, full time co host. Mm-hmm. Who also does the Hooplecast about Deadwood? So go give that a listen as well. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, l- later this year I'll be starting Spartacast with Will, and that's going to be about the, the the Star Series Spartacus. Awesome! You and Spartacast. Will having a past uh, podcast makes me very very excited. Mm-hmm. I'm Spartacast. So that'll be I'm Spartacast. That's what, that's what our merch is going to say. I like it. <laughs> love it. I love it. I'm, I might have to, yeah, I'm going to have to do that. All right. So thank you, Clone Dance Partiers. We'll be here uh, 
crap. What's next week's episode called? Oh, I don't know. Something, something, long name, something long Episode name. two. No, it's... it's, it's <laughs> episode two. Guys are so... Not, uh, Clone Dance Party is not the name of the show. Orphan Black. Yeah. Transgressive Border Crossing. Oh. A note on episode two, if that's okay. Sure. If you have Amazon, it's already up. Really? It's already up? Yeah. I'll have Amazon. <laughs> I don't know if I can like wait a week to talk about it, though. Apparently, yeah, apparently somebody messed up it. Somebody messed up and they searched to release both episodes. Oh. I like that person. Thank you, Clone Dance Party listeners. It was fun to have you back. And we will be back next week for Transgressive Border Crossing. Bye! 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 All right. Yay! out the bifurcated penises. I won't. Okay. <laughs> no way. <laughs> All right. Uh, epic promo. Take one. In a land before time. We're in a radio station. In a studio that came before vinyl. We didn't come before vinyl. We started with it. From a time that came before radio was epic. Just read the line. One man decided to change history. Nope. Four men decided to change history. We're not changing history. Make history. We're not making history. Recite history. Ah. Please just read the line right there in front of you. But the show is called Epic. All you have to say is listen to Epic on CHSR 97.9 FM or subscribe at geeklu.com. That's G-E-E-K-L-O-O.com slash Epic. Making thunderous echoes across the waves. That's it. I'm done. I can't work with Thunderous echoes. A solemn walk off to the distance into the sunset. Kitty sprinkles.